We could have been born at any time in history, and the Most High Yahuwah chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare, but was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the spirit of truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube Shabbat Gathering live stream, Revelation Decoded. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. This is part 22 of our line-by-line -line series in the book of Revelation. Uh, today we'll be going over chapter 15, uh, which goes over the victory over the beast, the, the great sign uh, of the last seven angels, and many of the things that we're going to discuss tonight. So uh, glad you can be here with us. Let's start off with a little bit of prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name. We thank you for the ability in these last days to gather like this all across the four corners of your earth. And we just thank you so much for opening our eyes and ears to hear your truth in these last days and to give us salvation through your son, Messiah Yahusha, whom you sent to reconcile us back to you through we love you, we bless you, we pray that you open our eyes and ears to the words and the study, and that we may grow thereby, for it is you that gives wisdom, and we ask you of such. In Yahushua's name we pray, amen and amen. So, brothers and sisters, Shabbat Shalom, um, a little bittersweet. Uh, it's been a great, amazing couple weeks with our fall feast season, but unfortunately it's over. But uh, maybe, maybe some of us haven't taken down the tent in the backyard yet, but... That's for another time. <laughs> Anyways, um, so really excited to get back to this. I know we've been kind of um, hit and miss on doing Revelation just because there's been so many things to talk about with the feast days and whatnot, but I am very glad to get back to it today and uh, lots to go over. So let's uh, go ahead and get started and uh, we'll go ahead and get a screen share going. And also, I just want to take a look at the chat make sure you guys can hear me okay. Uh, I got a new microphone and I did a... Uh, test earlier and everything seemed to be okay i don't see anybody complaining so okay looks like we're all right uh dave just just uh text me if um something isn't working right or something so okay let's get a screen share going let's get right into revelation and uh, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to read revelation 15 all the way through which it's eight chat it's eight verses so just take us a minute and then we're going to kind of go back and dissect it as we like to do line by line and tonight we will be reading from the sefer version 
and but we will be cross-referencing with many other versions tonight so give me just a second all right chazon revelation 15 and i saw another sign in heaven great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues for in them is filled up the wrath of yahuwah and I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the kitara, which says guitars or harps, I'm leaning towards guitars, of Yahuwah. And they sing the song of Moshe, which we will sing tonight, the servant of Yahuwah, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Yahweh Elohim Tzevaot. Just and true are your ways, King of the Kodeshim, the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Yahweh, and glorify your name? For you only are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments are made manifest. And after that, I looked. And behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened, and the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden belts. And one of the four living creatures gave unto the seven, uh, seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of Yahuwah, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of Yahuwah, and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And so that's Revelation 15. And uh, yes, we're going to be going through it line by line now. So let's uh, let's dive into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is it mentions here, I saw another sign. And, you know, let us not forget, uh, some of you may be pretty new. Uh, you may not be very familiar with uh, what was called the Revelation 12 sign because there's like a whole new wave of people waking up right now. So some of you might not have uh, ever heard of or uh, even or, or yeah, just never heard of the what was called was dubbed the Revelation 12 sign, which um, it's part of this series. Uh, if you can go back to um, I can't remember what part it was, but it said Revelation 12, the signs in the heavens. Um, we do a really good overview of what happened back in September 23rd, 2017, which myself and many do believe that Revelation 12 verses 1 through 2 were actually fulfilled in the heaven. And it was a, uh, a sign uh, to basically to wake us up and let us know what time it is. Uh, I know for me and for many of us, that's when we really threw off the world and um, started seeking the Father like we never had before. Many of us were already on the path back to Him. Um, but like that was like, just it's just amazing time and so here we here we are again it's uh saw another sign in heaven um you know i've had some i've seen some people try to do some uh, dissecting on this and a lot of people point to the pleiades which is the the seven stars uh, equivalent to the seven angels the seven churches um so that's we that's for another time but, uh, you know, it is interesting that uh, this book is obviously filled with signs. And, you know, I actually didn't put this in the study, but no wonder uh, Messiah Husha warned us. It was uh, Luke 21, uh, I think 25 or 26. Let's see, one of these two. Yeah, here we go. 
And there shall be signs in this. This is obviously, this is Luke 21. This is the Olivet Discourse, which is the equivalent of the Matthew 24, the Mark 13. Uh, this is where he, you know, the disciples are like, tell us uh, of the end and, and of thy coming and the signs. And so he says, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring in I think anybody that has uh, even um, a little bit of their eyes opened has seen a lot of some of these things. I mean, many people, many people remember the uh, the eclipse back in 2017 and the one that follows seven years behind it, uh, 2024. That's coming up pretty soon. But uh, nevertheless, this is uh, what an amazing, you know, amazing thing he's given us to to show us um, how late the hour is and like wake up. You know, it's like. Wake up, sleeper. It's no longer time to sleep anymore. Remember the the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins? They all slept, but there was a cry at midnight. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. So uh, let's take a look at that word, the Greek word sign. It's, uh, what is it here? Simeon. Oops. And so let's see. Here's a couple of uses. And sign isn't just like a like a sign in the heavens, but this is what I'm talking about here, Revelation 12, and there appeared a great wonder. That's that same word here, so it can be used as wonder or sign. In heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Uh, I could take another two hours dissecting that very um, sign, so if you're interested in hearing about it, uh, just look at the play, the Revelation decoded playlist and look back at the one that uh, talks about Revelation 12 and the, the signs in the heavens. And so even the beast is able to do this word Simeon signs, and he does great wonders, great signs, so that he make fire come down from heaven and the earth in the sight of men. But again, no wonder this is uh, the end times are very parallel to the Exodus account, and we saw that Pharaoh's magicians were able to duplicate the serpent, the rod turning into the serpent. They were able to uh, duplicate the um, uh, the water turning into blood, and uh, so. And also the the frogs, you know, and we saw we see that in Revelation. I think sixteen will come up next week, I believe, where um, it talks like a like a symbology of frogs coming out of the mouth of um, the false prophet and the beast, those kind of things. But but uh, yeah, so this is that word sign, and um, I also want to take a look at. Um, so also it says, I know. So again, and I saw another sign in heaven, great. And marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of Yahweh. So, this wrath, this this the seven last plagues, this wrath is something to be great and marvel at. Uh, why why is that? So let's go back and review what we read in Revelation 14 and what this is referencing. Revelation 14, and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him in 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And this is not just the pronunciation of his name. This is about his character. This is about his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his mercies, his right rulings. This is what was in their head, and we'll talk more about this tonight. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and as heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And uh, so we saw that a little bit later in chapter 15. We'll talk about that. <clears throat> and they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Musicians. 
These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto Elohim and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they were without fault before the throne of Elohim. So uh, also, we could talk about the 144,000 for another two hours. Um, was it last two weeks ago? Or two, not two weeks ago, but two episodes ago of this. Uh, we went really in depth with uh, the 144,000. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear Elohim, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and with brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Right, This is the people that overcome. Here are they that keep the commandments of Elohim and the faith of Yahusha HaMashiach. This is the opposite. See right here, this is, tells you the problem, and here's the solution. The problem, people that uh, worship the beast, his image, and receive the mark of his name. And I'm here to tell you, if uh, you haven't seen the the Revelation 13 uh, studies, we did the same thing. This this playlist, there's a playlist for this. You can go back and look at all these. Um, it has to do with worship. Um, while I staunchly would would recommend you not taking any vaccine, not taking any microchip, not taking any bailouts or, or monetary fund where you have to give up rights or sovereignty or none of that. But I really believe that his mark has to do with worship, who you worship, who you're serving. You're either serving the Elohim of heaven and earth and how he said to do it, or you're worshiping him the way man said to do it. But again, that's uh, we can go back and you can go back and take a look at that. So again, here is the patience. This is the solution. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that do not worship the beast because why? They keep the commandments of Elohim and the faith of Messiah who should. It's both. It's faith and obedience, brothers and sisters. I know a lot of you are waking up 98% uh, percent chance you're watching this. You already know that. But for the 2%, they're like, what? The law was done away with and the law is a burden and all this kind of stuff. So untrue. Couldn't be further further from the truth. Um, if you haven't looked into his commandments, uh, it's actually a blessing. It's liberty. It's life. Um, it's the way. It's the truth. Um, it's sweeter than honey, more desirable than gold. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in Yahuwah from henceforth. Yea, the Spirit uh, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. So what happened in uh, Revelation 14? Well, you had the the escape, I guess you could call it, of the 144,000 and the great multitude with them. And you had the destruction of Babylon, Mystery Babylon, which uh, next week we're, we're going to do Revelation 16, but the following week we'll do Revelation 17, and we'll be talking about Mystery Babylon. Um, a lot of you on this channel already have an idea, but... Um, We'll go over it. We'll go over that at that time. But this is what happened. This is why they're rejoicing because Babylon was destroyed. Mystery Babylon was destroyed. 
Revelation 18, 18 to the 21, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, right? So this is, uh, right? So they're talking about this great sign, marvelous, right? Rejoice over her, the destruction. Yah is saying, rejoice over the destruction of Mystery Babylon. Rejoice over her, you heaven and you holy apostles and prophets, for Elohim hath avenged you on her. And well, we'll take a little sneak peek at what that's actually talking about. Um, Messiah condemned. Here we go. This is Matthew 23, starting at verse 34. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes. What did it just say? Rejoice over her, you holy apostles and prophets, right? Because Elohim hath avenged you on her. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O who? Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You that kill the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto you, how often I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. So this is why they're rejoicing. It's the avenging uh, of all the blood, which Messiah said all the righteous blood was put on the head of Jerusalem. So, this is why this is great and marvelous, right? Great and marvelous is Yahuwah's judgments because they are righteous. They are absolutely righteous. Revelation 15, 2, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the guitarra, or the guitars, the harps of Yahuwah, and I believe this is the 144,000 specifically with the great multitude coming with them. Just like it, they, when they came out of Egypt, the men uh, for war were numbered 620,000, and then a giant multitude, some estimate two and a half million people, came with uh, women, children, and maybe elderly men, and uh, just foreigners, um, Egyptians. They're, they saw what happened. They're like, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with these people. So, I believe that's what's happening here because we saw in Revelation 14 that it was the 144,000 that had the kitaras, which I believe is the guitar. I mean, if you look at uh, thousands of years of stringed instruments, the guitar, the modern day guitar, is the culmination of thousands of years of stringed instruments. And uh, it's an amazing instrument. It's uh, something that I've been trying to learn um, quite inten intensely uh, the last few months. And... Um, it's an amazing instrument. So, I, again, I believe it's the culmination of thousands of years of stringed instruments coming to a head with this instrument, the, the guitarra. So, let's talk a little bit about this sea of glass, which is very, very interesting. Um, so, what, also, what we have to realize also at this point is wrath has been poured out on... And just, you know, for people who are trying to figure out a timeline, I know a lot of you have gone through the study with me. They're like, yeah, Adam, we're, we're seeing all this stuff, but... We just need a timeline. 
And that's maybe something I might work on one day. But we've got to go through the meat before we can do that. But here at this point, when the 144,000 are gathered and the great multitude are gathered, at this point, Mystery Babylon has been destroyed. So that place over there is destroyed. But the nations haven't been destroyed yet. Because this is the um, this is the seven last plagues. And we'll talk about uh, how that relates to Jeremiah 25 with uh, the all nations drinking of the same cup that Mystery Babylon drank from. So let's talk about this sea of glass mingled with fire. It's something really interesting um, that we can find in Enoch. We'll start at verse eight. This is a this is a vision that Enoch is given about heaven. This is Enoch fourteen, starting at verse eight. And the vision was showed to me thus: Behold, in the vision, clouds invited me, and a mist summoned me, and the course of the stars and the lightning sped and hastened me, and the winds in the vision caused me to fly and lifted me upward and bore me into heaven. And I went in till I drew nigh to a wall which is built of crystals and surrounded. By tongues of fire. So when you think about this sea of glass mingled with fire, what do you imagine? Um, you know, this glass, you know, it could look like crystal, right? And so it's like imagine this crystal mingled with fire. Well, that's exactly what uh, Enoch just saw. He said that he drew nigh to a wall which is built of crystals and surrounded by tongues of fire. So you have glass mixed with fire here in this vision that Enoch is given. So what is Enoch given a vision of? Well, I believe this is the heavenly New Jerusalem. And it began to affright me, and I went into the tongues of fire and drew nigh to a large house which was built of crystal. So now it's not just the floor, it's the walls, it's everything. To a large house which was built of crystals, and the walls of the house were like a tessellated floor made of crystals. And so, um, where's tessellated? So, tessellated, formed of small pieces of stone, glass, or the like, generally of foresighted in, uh, in plan and in long proportion to their breadth. Uh, let's just look at real quick, tessellated. So, it's like pieced, pieced together. So, it's it, would you imagine like, um, so this is like tessellated, right? It's got like squares or it's almost like a mosaic, but maybe a little more organized than a mosaic. Um, yeah, tessel this is tessellated. So it's like um, you'd imagine this is what a floor or a wall would look like. So basically what we're seeing is like a wall that is tessellated that looks like crystal with fire in it. So um, really a sea of glass, right? Sea of glass mingled with fire. And the walls of the house were like a tessellated floor made of crystals and its groundwork was of crystal. Its ceiling was like the path of the stars and the lightnings, and between them were fiery cherubim, and their heaven was clear as water. A flaming fire surrounded the walls, and its portals blazed with fire. And I entered into that house, and it was hot as fire and cold as ice. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine hot as ice, or hot, hot as fire and cold as ice at the same time? There were no delights of life therein. Fear covered me, and trembling got hold upon me, and I quaked and trembled, and I fell upon my face. And I beheld a vision, and lo, and there was a second house, greater than the former, and the entire portal stood open before me, and it was built of flames of fire. And in every respect it so excelled in splendor and magnificence and extent that I cannot describe to you its splendor and its, ext its extent. And its floor was of fire." 
and above it were lightnings, and the path of the stars, and its ceiling also was flaming fire. And I looked and saw therein a lofty throne. Its appearance was as crystal, and the wheels thereof as the shining sun, and there was a vision of cherubim, and from underneath the throne came streams of flaming fire, so that I could not look thereon, and the great glory sat thereon, and his raiment shone more brightly than the sun, and was whiter than any snow. None of the angels could enter, and could behold his face by reason of the magnificence and glory, and no flesh could behold him. The flaming fire was round about him, and a great fire stood before him, and none could draw nigh him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, yet he needed no counselor. I mean, can you imagine what he saw? Can you imagine seeing Yahuwah? And the most holy ones who were nigh to him, and did not leave by night nor depart him. And until then I had been prostrate on my face, trembling. And Yahuwah called me with his own mouth and said to me, Come hither, Enoch, and hear my words. And one of the holy ones came to me and waked me, and he made me rise up and approach the door, and I bowed my face downwards. So what did we just read here? Um, long story short, I believe that this is what we're seeing here, that these 144,000 in great multitude are essentially in New Jerusalem. And New Jerusalem is heaven. Heaven is the tabernacle of Elohim. The tabernacle of Elohim is New Jerusalem. So this is the vision that Enoch was given. You got walls and floor made of crystal and fire. And here we have, he saw as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. So, you know, uh, I just, I mean, this the sheer magnitude of how large uh, New Jerusalem is, it would appear to John as like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And I believe that that's what we're seeing here is the heavenly New Jerusalem, that the 144,000 and the great multitude thereof are upon it. So again, I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, right? They stood um, so let's take a look also here. Um, so we talked about, uh, oh goodness, when did we talk about this? If you were with us in this Sukkot, uh, live stream, we talked a little bit about New Jerusalem and the people kind of being like one, like together, like how a man and a wife is together, how, uh, Messiah Husha said that he and the Father are one. They're like joined. They're together. And how he prayed that you and I, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, his people be as one. We, I believe that New Jerusalem and his people are, and its people are one. We we read uh, in this during the Sukkot study that um, New Jerusalem was clothed with fine white linen. We know that fine white linen is the righteousness of the saints. We learned that uh, New Jerusalem was. Um, adorned with ornaments and with precious stones, which are his people. So here we see the sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten victory over the beast standing on the sea of glass. So they're kind of part of this. Check this out. Uh, this is another amazing chapter. This is Enoch 39. And it shall come to pass in those days that the elect and the holy children will descend from the high heaven and their seed will become one with the children of men. So heaven coming down to earth. 
And in those days Enoch received books of zeal and wrath and books of disquiet and expulsion, and mercy shall not be accorded to them, saith Yahweh Sevaot. And in those days a whirlwind carried me off from the earth and set me down at the end of the heavens. And there I saw another vision, the dwelling places of the holy. This is New Jerusalem. And the resting places of the righteous. Here mine eyes saw their dwellings with his righteous angels and their resting places with the holy. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men, which uh, those of you that were with us for the Tobit uh, live stream, this is exactly what we saw. Raphael had petitioned Yahuwah for the uh, the prayer of Tobias and Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men, and righteousness flowed before them as water, and mercy like dew upon the earth. Thus it is amongst them forever and ever, and in that place mine eyes saw the elect one of righteousness and of faith. Excuse me. And I saw his dwelling place under the wings of Yahweh Sevaot. And righteousness, righteousness shall prevail in his days, and the righteous and the elect shall be without number before him forever and ever. Now listen, we're talking about, again, sea of glass mingled with fire. So you got the people, you know, standing on this floor of crystal or glass mingled with fire. <clears throat> and all the righteous and elect before him shall be strong as fiery lights. Check that out. And their mouth shall be full of blessing, and their lips extol the name of Yahuwah Sevaot, and righteousness before him shall never fail, and a brightness shall never fail before him. This is Enoch saying, he's like, there I wish to dwell. And my spirit longed for that dwelling place. And there heretofore hath been my portion, for so it has been established concerning me before Yahuwah Sevaot. In those days I prayed and extolled the name of Yahweh Sevaot with blessings and praises, because he hath destined me for blessing and glory according to the good pleasure of Yahweh Sevaot. For a long time my eyes regarded that place, and I blessed him and praised him, saying, Blessed is he, and may he be blessed from the beginning and forevermore. And before him there is no ceasing, and he knows before the world was created what is forever and what will be from generation unto generation." Those who sleep not bless thee, saying, "It stand thee before thee." I'm sorry. Those who sleep not bless thee; they stand before thy glory and bless, praise, and extol, saying, "Holy, holy, holy." So Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh is Yahweh Sevaot. He filleth the earth with spirits. And here my eyes saw all those who sleep not. They stand before him and bless, say, "Blessed be you, and blessed be the name of Yahweh Sevaot forever and ever." And my face was changed, for I could no longer behold. Absolutely amazing. So we see the walls of New Jerusalem are like crystals with fire. Um, the the people, his people, the righteous who are uh, victorious, they shall be like flames of fire. Um, some interesting things going on here, I must say. But uh, let's see. So uh, also, and we're going to be reading this uh, this passage again. We're actually going to be reading uh, through Revelation uh, 4 and 5 today. But just to reference back in uh, what we'll find out and what we found out many weeks ago when we were in Revelation chapter 4 in this line-by-line series is that this throne room scene in Revelation 4 and 5, it's the same thing we're seeing in Revelation 15 right here. And it says, Before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And so this is just confirming for us that surely this sea, it's not like an ocean 
that looks like fire. Um, this is literally a floor that is like it's so pure. It's like glass or crystal mixed with fire, and that's exactly what we saw in Enoch. And that's the description of the the building of New Jerusalem, at least on the inside, right? So, um, and here we are, the throne, and round about the throne is the sea of glass. So, um, you know, either the throne is set in the ocean that looks like fire, or this is a structure with walls and floor that is what like we described, in, or what Enoch described in chapter 14. And, you know, t we were, uh, earlier we were talking about, uh, you know, the tessellated floor and... Um, how it's like, you know, it's like blocks or stones. Remember also that when we talked about New Jerusalem, that it's like New Jerusalem's a building, we're New Jerusalem, New Jerusalem's a building, we're part of New Jerusalem, which is part of the building. Um, here, let's just go a couple of verses. First uh, Peter 2, 5, He also as li lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Elohim by Yahusha HaMashiach. So it's interesting, right? We can go a couple of directions with that. So victory over the mark. So these are the people that had gotten victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. So I don't believe that these are just people that rejected, you know, a vaccine or rejected a microchip. I think there's a lot more to this. And certainly, um, don't ever think for a second that I want any of you to get a vaccine, uh, especially if it's mandated um, or, um, you know, um, take a microchip or any of these crazy things or, you know, whatever. But uh, I really believe that the mark of the beast is a lot more than that. Um, I think it's something that was present over the centuries. I don't think this is something that just, you know, it comes up in the last year, a couple of years, last three and a half years. Um, I think this is something that has been around for a long time. And if you're, if you are curious more about my take on this, I've got a whole series on the mark of the beast and who the beast is. And uh, we talk about it in this revelation line by line series uh, when we were in chapter 13. So there's a lot of information for you, uh, for me to back up what I'm saying right now. But let's talk about how, what those who got victory over the mark, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we can do. And it's found in Deuteronomy 6. We're just going to read the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 6. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which Yahweh Lahaikam commanded you to teach, that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it, which, quite frankly, we're in the same position right now. We're waiting to go into our inheritance, that cool building that we're talking about with the glass floor mingled with fire. Yeah, I want to go in there. How about you? This is how we do it. That you might fear Yahweh Lohaika to guard all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your son's son all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Yisrael, and guard to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you might increase mightily, as Yahweh Lohai of your fathers has promised you, in the land that flows with milk and honey. Hear, O Yisrael, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh is one. And you shall love, this is the Shema, this is here, hear the voice of Yahuwah, right? Harden not your hearts. And you shall love Yahuwah Lohaika with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words, which I command you this day, shall be in your hearts, right? So we have a short video to talk about uh, how to love Yah and how to love people. 
We're getting a little glimpse right here. And you shall teach, this is commandments, you shall teach them diligently unto your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down, when you rise up. And what? So this is all has to do by his commandments. And you shall bind them, his commandments, his Torah, for a sign, a mark. If you look at the, the word here, it's oath, ot, and it means sign or a mark, right? So you, it could say you should put them as a mark upon your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And every one of you knows about the mark of the beast, that it's either in your hand or in your forehead. What are the odds that Yahuwah's commands are in your hand or in your forehead? We saw earlier when we read Revelation 14, uh, if, I, if I may just go back up here, that, um, And lo, I looked, and a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I think this is a lot more than just having the, rec the correct pronunciation, brothers and sisters. Uh, his name, it's very clear that, you know, commandment number three, don't take his name in vain. That essentially is to don't claim him and don't do anything he says. Don't tell people that you're a follower of him and then act like, you know, trash. That's taking his name in vain. That's polluting his name. So again, his Torah, his commandments, you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the posts of your house and on your gates, and it shall be when Yahweh Lahaika shall have brought you into the land which he swore unto your fathers, to Avraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov, to give you great and goodly cities which you built not. When we walk in, if we're, if we're, uh, if we're worthy to walk into New Jerusalem, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. <clears throat> Right, full of good things which you filled not, wells dug which you dug not, vineyards and olive trees which you planted not. When you shall have eaten and be full, then beware, lest you forget Yahuwah which brought you forth out of the land of Mitzrayim from the house of bondage. You shall fear Yahuwah Elohaika and serve him, and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other Elohim of the Elohim of the people which are round about you. For Yahuwah Elohaika is a jealous El among you, lest the anger of Yahuwah Elohaika be kindled against you and destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt Yahweh Elohim as you tempted him in Massah. You shall diligently guard the commandments of Yahweh Elohim and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do that which is right and good in the sight of Yahweh. You read the book of Kings or the book of Chronicles, and it goes through each king. It says, such and such king did which was right in the sight of Yahweh. The king did which was evil in the sight of Yahweh. What are the books going to say when it says, you know, so-and-so, you did what was right in the sight of Yahuwah, that it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the good land which Yahuwah swore unto your fathers. It's the same promise. It's the same promise that we have, but a greater promise than the, the forever Jerusalem, the forever promised land. <clears throat> to cast out all your enemies from before you as Yahuwah has spoken. This is the destruction of, of Babylon. And when your son asks you in time comes saying, what mean the testimonies and statutes and judgments which Yahuwah Elohenu has commanded you? Then you shall say unto your son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Mitzrayim. Right? How about for us? We were slaves to sin. I was a, I was a slave to, to, to sin. I was in bondage to sin. I couldn't stop. But he saved us. He saved me. He saved you. Tell people of his glory. Tell people what he did for you. Same thing with the Israelites. You know, Yahuwah saved us. I mean, he, he saved us out of Egypt with all these mighty signs. How about you? Did he save you? Miraculously, I know he did me. I should have. I should be a dead. I should be a dead man right now for the life I lived. Some of you know my testimony. I got in a car accident that was so bad I should have died, and I know he spared me, and that was the turning point in my life. 
And I know a lot of you have very similar stories. I'm sure that every one of you had a near-death experience, but most of us deserve to die. But he had mercy on you, and he miraculously healed us, healed our hearts to being disgusting people. I know not every, not all of you, some of you are at home are like, oh, well, I didn't really live that bad of a life. Praise you for that. Some of us really did. He miraculously saved me out of the bondage of Egypt. Spiritual Egypt. So again, when your son asks you in time, time comes saying, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Yahweh has commanded you? Like, why are you, like, why are you keeping the commandments of, El of Elohim? Why? Because he's amazing. And because he says, this, he says so. And because we've learned that his commandments are amazing to follow. Some of you are on your first or second Shabbat right now. Praise Yah. You'll come to find that his commandments are really awesome. But why, like, why are you doing these things that he's commanded you? Because he saved me. And because I want to follow him. And I fear him. I don't fear, you know, reproach of my, of my family or my friends or my neighbors or whatever. I fear Yahuwah. And so because I do so, and because he saved me out of Egypt, out of, bond, out of bondage, this is why I'm keeping his commandments. Then you shall say unto your son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Mitzrayim. I know I was. And Yahuwah brought us out of Mitzrayim with a mighty hand, and Yahuwah showed signs and wonders and great and sore upon Mitzrayim, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And Yahuwah commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear Yahuwah. Right? So you can, you can see right here, it's very clearly, we fear him by keeping his commandments. That's how we prove that we fear him. Otherwise, it's just lip service just like the Pharisees. For our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And listen to this. This is very important. This is Torah. This is foundation. This is the foundation of our faith. And it shall be our righteousness if we guard to do all these commandments before Yahweh Elohinu as he commanded us. So I don't care who says otherwise. I don't care if... It doesn't matter. The Deuteronomy 13 test says, if anyone teaches you differently than what the Torah says, they're a liar. So even though it's been preached for thousands of years that righteousness is not of the Torah, that it is of faith, I'm here to tell you that a faith without the Torah is dead. And it says it right here. Right here, this is the this is the found pillar of our faith. It shall be our righteousness if we guard to do these commandments. So, if anybody else says otherwise, they're false. All right, let's keep going before I start preaching. So, more about overcoming. So, we we overcome. Revelation twelve eleven says they overcame him. This is the the wicked one by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. A little more clearly spoken here, Revelation 3, 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. He's talking to you. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength. And has kept my word and has not denied my name. So that's telling you right here that these people kept his word. This wasn't a an obedienceless an obedienceless faith. That's probably not the right English word there, but uh, you know what I mean. 
it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a faith without any kind of um, obedience and and a walk of uh, walk of obedience, keeping of the commandments and Torah. He kept your word. He they kept his word and has not denied his name. Now, could you look at this not denying his name as like you know if somebody held you at gunpoint and be like, do you believe in Messiah? You know Yahusha, and you're like yes. You know, and like okay, that's I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about here. I, I, it's denying his name. We we've we have to I'll have to do a study on this all by itself. Don't be wrong. You guys know that on this channel we stand very stiffly for his name. There is power in his name. It says there's many scriptures that say proclaim his name, sing to his name, exalt his name, love his name, call upon his name, all that. <clears throat> his name is also who he is. His character and his character is revealed through his entire word, um, specifically his Torah, and then of course all throughout the uh, the prophets, the writings, all of it. That's his character. He is re he's revealed to us through that, and in keeping of his word is not it means is to not deny his name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say that they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before their feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, or hour of tribulation, hour of trial, which shall come upon all the world, which this happens one time. So we know this is talking about the great tribulation. He says, I'm going to keep you from it. Why? Because you kept my word. To try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have, that no man take your crown. To him that overcometh, and he just told us how to overcome, by having faith and obedience to him. I will make a pillar in the temple of my Elohim. We were talking about building blocks of New Jerusalem. Here's more. And he shall go no more out. And I'll write upon him the name of my Elohim and the name of the city of my Elohim, which is New Jerusalem, renewed Yerushalayim, which cometh down out of heaven from my Elohim, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. So, how do we overcome? Faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Verse 3. So we talked about uh, also, you know, they're standing on the sea of glass. They have the guitars. And what they sing the song of Moshe, the servant of Yahuwah. And uh, the Sefer rightly uh, connects Shemot, Exodus 15. This is the song of Moshe. There's two songs of Moshe. There's a song of victory in Exodus 15. And there's the song of, uh, it's basically condemnation and letting know the children of Israel know that, that they're going to go astray before they do it. Um, and then there's a little bit of end time stuff in there. But Exodus 15 is, it's really the whole story all over again. And we're going to sing that together here, actually, just a second. Um, so they sing. So there's a lot of importance here with singing. They sing the song of Moshe and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Yahuwah Elohim Tzavaot. Just and true are your ways, King of Kodeshim. So there is absolutely power in music and a lot of you know that especially some of you that have already memorized the song of moshe because we've been singing it for the last couple months listen to this from the other flip side of it because this is why this is how the world has changed so quickly i say within what 150 years the entire world has completely changed and i think music had a big part of it listen to this ezekiel 28 now this whole thing talks is talking about the king of tyre but that's just honestly it's just it's a concealment it's code word uh this is t yahuwah is talking directly to satan right here listen to this 
Ezekiel 28, 1-17, The word of Yahuwah came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith Yahuwah Elohim, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of Elohim, in the midst of the seas. Right, so here we are. Thou, yet thou art a man, and not Elohim, though thou set thine heart as the heart of Elohim. Behold, he's it. now this is Yahuwah speaking to, to Satan here. He said, Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. Right? Because I have imagined, as as we'll see here, he was one of the, his finest creations. I imagine he's a pretty intelligent guy. How he was so intelligent that he rebelled against Yahuwah, I don't know. Uh, that's for another time. But he's, Yahuwah is saying, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from you. This doesn't come, this doesn't happen to a mere, a mere man. There's no secret that can be hidden from, from him, he says. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasuries. I mean, think about how Satan is at the top of the—all of you have seen the Illuminati pyramid. You know who sits at the top of that pyramid. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic, thou hast increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore, thus saith Yahuwah Eloheinu, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of Elohim— Right? What does he say? You know, I will magnify myself uh, above the stars of Elohim. Uh, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. Uh, and he, you know, he wanted to be like Elohim. Before, behold, therefore, I will bring strangers upon you, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against thy beauty of thy wisdom. And they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit. Remember, in, uh, well, well, we haven't gone through this yet, but um, at the beginning of the reign of the thousand years, the pit is opened up. Satan and the beast are locked inside the pit for a thousand years. So they shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am Elohim? But thou shalt be a man, and no Elohim, in the hand of him that slayeth you. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith Yahweh Elohim. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came, and now this is specifically talking about Satan. Now listen. Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith Yahuwah Eloheinu, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of Elohim. This is no man. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, now listen carefully. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in you in the day that you were created. Satan was literally created as a living instrument. He had timbrels and he had pipes coming out of him. A lot of people say the legend is is that he was the the uh, oh, I guess the it, he was in charge of music in in. Um, in heaven um it's it's very plain to see here that in him was built he was a living musical instrument um and so music was instituted by elohim and it was instituted for one reason to sing him praises and to worship him through the music so we'll keep going we'll talk about this in a second and here it says you are the anointed cherub that covereth I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of Elohim. Thou walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created 
till iniquity was found in you. So Satan was, it said he was prepared, he was uh, uh, created perfect. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled thee in the midst with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of Elohim, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by the reason of thy brightness, and I will cast you to the ground, and I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. So, why am I reading this? <clears throat> We're not going to sit here and talk about Satan all night, but why am I reading this? Because... You can see here that he was created in perfection, and he was created as a um, living stones. I mean, he was covered with gold and, and precious stones, and literally musical instruments were coming out of him. Timbrels and pipes were coming out of it. It said it was created in him. So now we know that Satan is has dominion of this physical earth right now, and it's very apparent uh, that what music has done to the minds of the masses over the centuries. You can see like every... Every generation, the the lyrics changed a little bit, a little bit more. It got a little bit more um, um, vulgar or um, against Elohim. And it just started very slightly, you know, and then it just it slowly turned up the heat. It's just like the old saying, uh, you know, how do you, you boil frogs? Well, you put them in the pan, you put them in the water when it's like luke, you know, lukewarm and they'll sit there and enjoy it. And then the heat will slowly turn up and they'll never jump out because if you put a frog in boiling water, he'll jump right out. But if you turn it up the heat slowly, they'll just uh, boil um, and not uh, not know it. So that's essentially what he's done over time is because he can also, I guess, it's uh, he's outside of time, you know, in, in some way because he's a spirit. Um, he's able to, you know, transcend generations, and he's taken generations completely astray to the point we're at now, where it's literally open Satanism in the lyrics, and people love it. They they sing it. They uh, there's something uh, very spiritual about singing. You memorization kicks in, subconscious kicks in. The words penetrate your subconscious. And that's why there's so much power with music. And that's why one of the first things these people do in Revelation 15, right, when they get the victory over the beast and over his market, over his image, what's the first thing they do? They sing a song, right? What's the first thing that Moshe did after the people crossed the Red Sea? And the most magnificent thing that probably happened to man uh, since creation, you know, like the most miraculous thing. This, the sea parted and they walked through on dry land and destroyed all of Pharaoh's army. What's the first thing Moshe did? He wrote a song, and all the children of Israel sung it, right? There's power behind music, and so if you are still <clears throat> listening to secular music that talks about drugs and alcohol, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with wine. I'm just saying, like, drunkenness and reveling and partying, and, you know, if you're still wondering why you might be dealing with sin, check that, because, again, the... What music does, it allows it to penetrate. How many of you uh, still, you know, know your ABC song? How many of you were like, and you're trying to be like, oh, you know, what becomes, what comes before the letter M? You're like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, okay, L, okay. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the power of song is is the memorization and the subconscious. So, this is a, um, this is a time where we should really be focusing on singing him praises, singing him glory. And uh, let me read a couple. Uh, actually, I want to show you something really quickly. Hold on. All right, let's skip the ad here. 
So this is an experiment where different different uh, megahertz creates different patterns. And what they did is this is a vibration plate, and they just put salt on it. And different megahertz, you'll see, it just creates different patterns. You can check more into this. We're just going to briefly cover this. But it's absolutely amazing. Just the higher the frequency, the pattern gets... See, they just change frequencies. And look, look. It goes to a whole new pattern. And there's such things as like healing frequencies. And there's such things as frequencies that do harm to your body. Uh, and they know this. There's a, a frequency... Um, was it four, 432, I think, is like a healing frequency... Um, 441, I believe, is a negative frequency, and that's the frequency they use on all radio way, uh, uh, all radio stations, and um, it's just it's it's terrible. But look, I mean, the higher the frequency, the pattern just gets more and more amazing, and uh, yeah, it's just absolutely good. So there's something that has to do with sound waves, frequencies, and what you're allowing your ears to hear, what's penetrating your subconscious. And so, um, you know, there's a, there was another study, or there was an interesting study done. <clears throat> I think it was in Japan. There's this, uh, and it's been repeated many times now because it became so popular. Uh, this man had two plants and put them in two different rooms, had equal light, equal air, equal temperatures. Everything was equal. The plant size was equal. And so what he did was every single day, we'll call it plant A and plant B. He went into uh, the room with plant A. And sang to it, spoke well of it. You know, it was just like, you know, you're you're a beautiful plant. And, you know, um, I'm just paraphrasing. I mean, he said, he just said very comforting words to it. Uh, like I said, sang to it. Um, just, you know, had nice things to say to it every day. And the same, the same thing, you know, right after he'd go to plant B and he'd yell at it. He'd scream at it. Um, he would say curse words at it, um, be very negative to it. Lo and behold, plant A thrived, blossomed, everything. Plant B, it literally, it literally died, and um, it did not become fruitful. It did not uh, uh, blossom and bloom. And so, a lot of people were intrigued by this, and a lot of people have duplicated this. Uh, even science, even mainstream science, backs this up, right? Because, you know, they, they don't give Elohim the glory of this. You know, they just think, oh, you know, this is part of evolution or whatever. But the, the facts of the facts is there is power in our words. There's power in music. There's power in what you allow yourself to be subjected to. And I know this is kind of a weird uh, rabbit hole that we're talking about. But, I mean, we're, this is the book of Revelation and there's songs in here. And so it's like, why are there songs? You know, why are we talking about songs? Well, you know, in part of our preparation, we should be singing songs that praise Him and that glorify Him. And it's something that uh, is really put on my heart really heavy. And it's something that uh, Brother Jake Grant and I were actually working on really hard behind the scenes. We're trying to put some music together, even if it's just, you know, a few of you guys listen to it. Um, it's just something that we want to do. Like, we want to have songs that praise Him. So, 
uh we're working on some some music that's like a mix of like alternative and indie rock uh but but that have lyrics that glorify elohim why am i saying this i'm saying this for, for those not we're all not born with musical talent and it's something that i i don't think it comes natural to me it's something i gotta work hard at but for some of you naturals out there some of you that have great musical talent step up satan who we just learned is a music was created as a musical instrument who was made perhaps in charge of music in heaven who's definitely in charge of the music industry down here he's got his singing prophets where are the singing prophets of elohim where you at step up it's time let's sing it let's let's uh let's look at a psalm here psalm 33 Rejoice in Yahweh, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise Yahweh with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and with an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of Yahweh is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of Yahuwah. By the word of Yahuwah were the heavens made, and and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. And for the, for those of you that uh, are late nighters, you want to stay up with me? We're starting the Torah portion all over again. This is it right here. We're back at uh, Genesis one, so we're at the creation account. So by the word of Yahuwah were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear Yahuwah. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Yahuwah bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsels of Yahuwah standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose Elohim is Yahuwah, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Yahuwah looketh down from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh up upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an, of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of Yahuwah is upon him that fear him, upon them that fear him, and upon them that hope in his mercy. To deliver their soul from death and to keep him alive in famine, our soul waiteth for Yahuwah. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Yahuwah, be upon us, according as we hope in you. Amen. 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 Awesome. So let's uh, let's take a look at the song of Moshe. Ah, forgive me. Let's take a look at the song of Moses. Oops. <clears throat> Uh, let's start here. So, okay, we'll start, yeah. 50, Exodus 15. Then sang Moshe, so this is the song of Moses. Then sang Moshe and the children of Israel this song unto Yahuwah and spoke, saying, I will sing unto Yahuwah. Right? Is he singing for himself? Is he singing for uh, popularity among the children of Israel or to be vain or to be worshipped by people? No, he's singing unto Yahuwah, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and my song. He has become 
my Yeshua, my salvation. He is my El, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's Elohim, and I will exalt him. Yahuwah is a man of war. Yahuwah is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains, captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, is become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellency, you have overthrown them that rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed into the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. You know what? Why am I doing this? Let's sing together. Let's just do it. Here we go. Forgive me. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword My hand destroys them you blew with your wind, the sea covered them They sank like lead in the mighty waters Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah 
among the mighty ones who is like you great in kodesha awesome in praises working wonders you stretched out your right hand the earth swallowed them in your kindness you led the people whom you have redeemed in your strength you guided them to your kodesh dwelling peoples heard they trembled anguish gripped the inhabitants of pelasheth then the chiefs of edom were troubled the mighty men of moab trembling grips them all the inhabitants of kenan melted fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm they are as silent as a Until your people pass over, oh Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, oh Yahuwah. which you have made for your own dwelling the meek dash oh yahuwah which your hands have prepared yahuwah reigns forever and ever So we lost about like 60 people when I turned on that song. So I guess uh, some people just don't like that song. But what a great way, though, to learn the song of Moshe by song. I mean, how many of you now memorize the song of Moses uh, because of that song, right? So praise be to Yah for uh, putting it in Brother Allen's heart to sing that song before he passed. I think that was actually his very last performance Uh, and so just uh, just thrilled that we have that here in our midst. And uh, I could tell you, my four-year-old knows the song of Moses by heart because of this song. And that's not to boast. I'm just telling you, that's the power of what song does. And so again, if you are a singer, if you're an, uh, a musician, if you were like, if you were like waiting for Yah to be like, hey, it's time, uh, maybe he might not come down from the heavens and say, hey, Joshua, it's time for you to sing. Maybe this is that nudge. It's time to sing. Because Satan's got his uh, his prophets singing. Where's Yahweh's prophets singing, right? It's time. So All right, let's uh let's move on. Um uh so let's take a look at the song of the lamb now. And we'll get back to it. So 
So Revelation 4, and after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice, I'm going to read kind of read fast of this, the first voice which I heard, as it were, of a shofar talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. So this is, I believe this is the throne being set in New Jerusalem. And one sat on the throne, and he that sat on, was, I mean, he that sat, was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So let's just talk about this. If Satan is covered with carbuncles and gold and all this kind of stuff, what do you think Yahuwah looks like? It says he you knows to look upon like a precious stone, right? And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and, I, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire before, burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of Elohim. And let's talk about that real quick. The seven spirits, this is Enoch chapter 61. We're going to read verses 11 through 13. Uh... Actually, we'll start 10. And he will summon all the hosts of the heavens and all the holy ones above and the hosts of Elohim, the cherubim, the seraphim, and the ophanim, and all the angels of power, and all the angels of principalities, and the elect one, and the other powers on the earth and over the water. On that day shall raise one voice, and this is, I really believe this is the throne room scene right here, and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith and the spirit of wisdom. These are the seven spirits, right? Uh, bless in the, I'm sorry, so bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith and the spirit of wisdom the spirit of patience and the spirit of mercy and the spirit of judgment and of peace and the spirit of goodness. That's seven spirits before the throne and shall all say with one voice, blessed is he and may the name of Yahuwah Sevaot be blessed forever and ever. And all who sleep not above in heaven shall bless him and all the holy ones who are in heaven shall bless him and all the elect who dwell in the garden of life. Right, so this is the this is the, the this is the New Jerusalem. And every spirit of light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and hallow thy blessed name, and all flesh shall beyond measure glorify and bless thy name forever and ever. For great is the mercy of Yahweh Sevaot, and he is long suffering, and all his works and all that he has created, he has revealed to the righteous and the elect in the name of Yahweh Sevaot. So that's what we're seeing right here. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of Elohim, which we just read about in Enoch uh, chapter 61. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. So here, here we are in Revelation 15. And in the midst of the throne, in the round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle, and the four beasts had on each of them six wings about, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Kodesh, 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 Holy, 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 Yahweh Eloheinu Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Yahuwah, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so, uh, real quick, I forgot to mention, um, you know, that song of Moshe, obviously that we that we sang together, um, you know, obviously it has a lot of historical uh, content or context or content to it about what happened, but I tried to put some pictures in there to kind of show you 
uh, how it also is going to relate in the end times. Um, so it just something interesting to, to keep in keep in mind. Uh, chapter 5, Revelation 5, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, which this is Yahuwah, this is, this is the Father, uh, a book written within and without on the backside, sealed with seven seals, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is, is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, right? So what are men doing in heaven? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of Elohim, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So, not to be contentious, but uh, every day... Uh, not every day, I don't want to exaggerate. A lot, quite often I get uh, rebuked, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a video out there of someone exposing me uh, because I don't believe that the Messiah is also the Father. I believe that you have the Father, and I believe the Scriptures are very clear that He sent His Son. Uh, you know, there's probably uh, at least three or four dozen uh, Scripture references stating that Messiah Yahusha is the Son. And so, for someone that that says that Messiah is the also the Father, this is a really tricky situation here because it says that He, the Lamb, took the book out of the right hand of Him that sat upon the throne. So, did like. You know, it, it just doesn't work. If you're saying that Messiah is also the Father, it just doesn't work. Uh, you're seeing that there's two presences here. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And here's the, and here, and they sung a new song, right? And so this is the song of Lamb. You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for you were slain and has redeemed us to Elohim by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our Elohim kings and priests. So here we are in the throne room scene, which most people don't realize. Um, I believe the 144,000 and great multitude are here because it says you have made us. This is the song being sung in the throne room scene. You have made us unto our Elohim kings and priests. Is he making the angels kings and priests? No, he's making man kings and priests to reign on the earth, to reign with Yahusha. So this is telling you right here who is present in this throne room scene. And has made us unto our, ki our, our Elohim kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That's being sung in the throne room scene. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts of the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So you've got the, the, the seraphim, the cherubim, the ophanim. You've got the, the 24 elders. You've got the, uh, the 144,000. You've got the great multitude. And you've got the innumerable amount of angels as well. So this is an assembly of assemblies. And beheld, I beheld the heard the voice of many. Oh, I'm sorry, saying with a loud voice, "Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and as such as in the sea and and all that are in them." Heard I saying, "Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto Him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever." Right. So again, there you've got the Father and Son dynamic there. And the four beasts said, Amen, 
and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. So we've got the song of Moshe out there. Uh, we we need this. We need the song of the Lamb out there so we can memorize this as well. But man, it probably won't matter because I imagine the version that will be sung in heaven that will be taught to us, or those that might be found if if we are found worthy to participate in this amazing day. Uh, you've got uh, again. You've got. Um, You've got uh, the the cherubim, the seraphim, the ophanim, the powers. You've got the um, the, the elders. The you've got uh, his his righteous, his kodeshim, his saints. You've got the innumerable angels all chipping in and singing the song. Like, wow, yeah, it's probably going to be like you know, like you hear a really good song and you get the the tinglys, right? I imagine that that's what that's going to be filled with, and uh, you know, for all the things that we can hope for in this earth. Uh, I want to be there, right? I, like we said earlier, I want to see those those walls. I want to see that sea of glass mingled with fire. I want to see the tessellated crystal mingled with fire. I want to hear this song with my ears. So uh, that brings us to the next part right here, which is, Who shall not fear you, O Yahuwah, and glorify your name? For you only are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments are made manifest. So if we want to be part of that song, if we want to be there in that, we gotta we should, we should hearken unto his word, unto his voice, and we should fear him. Let's read some good words about that, about his fear. Proverbs 1, 1 through 9. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruct the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety... Uh, Subtlety to the simple, that's subtlety, that's like, you know, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this is telling you that. The opposite of fearing Yahuwah is what? Despising wisdom and instruction. And we know that the Torah is the embodiment of his instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Job 28, 28, 28. And unto the man he said, Behold, the fear of Yahuwah, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Psalm 111.10, the fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments, praise, and I'm sorry, his commandments, his praise endureth forever. <clears throat> Proverbs 15.32, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Psalm 119, 71-75, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law, the Torah of thy mouth, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. How many of us were so far from this, and because of this right here, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Now understand this. The Torah of your mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Yahuwah, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Hallelujah to that. 
to Ezra sixteen fifty four through sixty seven. Behold, Yahweh knows all the works of men, their imaginations and their thoughts and their hearts. He said, Let the earth be made, and it was made. Let the let the heaven be made, and it was made. At the word at his word the stars were fixed, and he knows the number of the stars. It is he who searches the deep and its treasures, who has measured the sea and its contents, and who has enclosed the sea in the midst of the waters, and by his word has suspended the earth over the water. How does that work with the with um, the solar system, right? Who has spread out the heaven like an arch and founded it upon the waters? We'll talk about more about this in our Torah portion here. And founded it upon the waters. Who has put the springs of water in the desert and pools on the tops of the mountains to send the rivers from the heights to the water of the earth? Who formed man and put a heart in the midst of his body and gave him breath and life and understanding. And the spirit of almighty Elohim who made all things and searches out hidden things in hidden places. Surely, so like he, since he did all this, surely he knows your imaginations and what you think in your hearts. Woe to those who sin and want to hide their sins because Yahweh will strictly examine all their works and will make a public spectacle of all of you. And when your sins come out before men, you shall be put to shame and your own iniquity shall stand as your accusers in that day. What will you do? Or how will you hide your sins before Elohim and his angels? Behold, Elohim is the judge. Fear him. Seize from your sins and forget your iniquities, never to commit them again. So Elohim will lead you forth and deliver you from all tribulation. It doesn't say some tribulation, all tribulation. And I think most of us know what's at the doorstep for, for this generation, the tribulation. And that's why I firmly believe that those that have faith and those that are keeping his Torah to the best of their ability, wherever they're at, I believe that he will deliver us from the tribulation. I really believe that. I really believe that with all my heart. Who shall not glorify your name? This is pulling from Psalm 86. Let's read Let's read all of Psalm 86. Only a portion of it really relates to this, but hey, it's a good psalm, so let's read it. Psalm 86, Bow down thine ear, O Yahuwah, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my Elohim, save thy servant that trusteth in you. Be merciful unto me, O Yahuwah, for I cry unto you daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. For unto you, O Yahuwah, do I lift up my soul. For you, Yahuwah, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. Give ear, O Yahuwah, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the Elohim there is none like unto you, O Yahuwah, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before you, O Yahuwah, and shall glorify thy name. Right. So they was asking the question, who shall not fear you and glorify your name? So it's saying all nations shall come and worship and glorify his name. For you are great and doest wondrous things. You art Elohim alone. Teach me thy way, O Yahuwah, and I will walk in thy truth. Truth is code word for Torah. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise you, O Yahuwah, my Elohim, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. 
for great is, the mer- is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O Elohim, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. But you, O Yahuwah, art an Elohim full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. And I can absolutely attest to this uh, for the absolutely disgusting life that I lived prior to this, that had he not been full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth, I'd have been a dead man. O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it, and be ashamed, because you, Yahuwah, has helped me and comforted me. And, you know... Yeah, we're going to skip that for now, because I want to read that later. Yeah, um, yeah, we're going to skip that for now. And it says right here, um, for your judgments are made manifest. And this is what we are talking about earlier, how at this point in the timeline, the 144,000, the great multitude is, is um, gathered. Judgment has been executed on Mystery Babylon, but not on the nations yet, because well, how we started this off, the seven last plagues and filled up the wrath of, of Yahuwah. And this is the wrath upon the nations. Um, there's still yet destruction on all seven nations. And here we are in Yerim Yahu, Jeremiah 25, 14 through 33. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also. And I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. For thus saith Yahuwah, of Yahweh Elohim of Israel unto me, take the wine of the cup of this fury at my hand and cause all nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink and be moved and be mad because of the sword that I will send among them. Then I took the cup at Yahweh's hand and made all the nations to drink unto whom Yahweh had sent me. To wit, what's the first one mentioned here? Jerusalem and the cities of Judah and the kings thereof and the princes thereof to make them a desolation and astonishment and hissing and a curse as it is to this day, right? So this is, this is the this is the great the judgment on the great horror. Now the rest of the nations, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his servants, and his princes, and all his people, and all the mingled people, and all the kings of the lands of Uz, and all the kings of the land of the Philistines, and Ashkelon, and Azan, and Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, and Edom, and Moab, and the children of Ammon, and all the kings of Tyrus, and all the kings of Zidon, and all the kings of the isles which are beyond the sea, and Dedan, and Tima, and Buz, and all that are in the utmost corners, and all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the mingled people that dwell in the desert, and all the kings of Zimri, and all the kings of Elam, and all the kings of the Medes, and all the kings of the north, far and near, one with another, all the kingdoms of the world which are upon the face of the earth, and the king of Shishak shall drink after them. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Sevaot, the Elohim of Israel, Drink ye, and be drunken, and spew, and fall, and rise no more, because of the sword which I send among you. And it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup of thine hand to drink, then thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Sevaot, Ye shall certainly drink. For lo, I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name. This is the beginning of his destruction. right? And it says right here that his judgments are made manifest, but yet the, the entire wrath of Yahweh has not been poured out on the nations yet. 
For I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name, and ye should and should ye be utterly unpunished, ye shall not be unpunished. For I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith Yahweh Sevaot. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, Yahweh shall roar from on high, and, and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes. And against all the inhabitants of the earth, a noise shall come even to the ends of the earth, for Yahuwah hath a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith Yahuwah Sevaot. Thus saith Yahuwah Sevaot, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. And the slain of Yahuwah shall be at that day from one end of the earth, even unto the end, other end of the earth, and they shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried, and they shall be dung upon the ground. So this is the um, the rest of the judgments that are left for the wrath of Yahuwah. <clears throat> All right, now we're going to read uh, chapters 5 through 8, and then we'll finish up with some notes. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven was opened, and the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden belts. And one of the four living creatures gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of Yahuwah who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke of the glory of Yahuwah. And from his power and no man was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So let's take a look at this real quick. Um, here, this is the dedication of the temple that's, that Solomon built. Uh, and this actually happened at Sukkot, so it's interesting that we just came out of Sukkot. But First Kings uh, 8, 1 through 11, I, I recommend you reading this entire chapter at your own leisure. But we'll just, uh, as it pertains to the study, we'll read uh, verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> actually, give me a second. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Solomon in Jerusalem that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant of Yahuwah out of the city of David, which is Zion. And now remember this because we're going to read Revelation 11 again, uh, talking about the Ark as well. <clears throat> and all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. So this is the Feast of Tabernacles. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of Yahuwah and the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of Yahuwah unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubims covered the Ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves, that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without and there they are unto this day. And there was nothing in the ark save the two tablets of stone, which Moshe put there at Horeb, when Yahuwah made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of Yahuwah, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of Yahuwah filled the house of Yahuwah. 
right? So this is the coronation of the temple, and the glory of Yahweh filled it with smoke, just like we just read here, and the temple was filled with smoke of the glory of Yahweh. Isaiah 6, 1, 1 through 4, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also Yahuwah sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is Yahuwah Sevaot. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So, Yahuwah likes the smoke. That's part of his presence. Exodus 19, 16-19, And it came to pass, this is, uh, this is uh, when he came down upon Mount Sinai. It came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain. Remember this when we read uh, Revelation 11. And a thick cloud upon the mountain. The voice of the shofar, the trumpet, exceeding loud, so that all the people in the camp trembled. And Moshe brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with Elohim. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because Yahweh descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the, tr the shofar sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moshe spake, and Elohim answered him by a voice. Exodus 40, 32-35, And when they went into the tent of the congregation, when they came near unto the altar, they washed as Yahweh commanded Moshe. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moshe finished the work. And then a cloud covered the tent of, con of the congregation, and the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. And Moshe was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode, ab abode thereon, and the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. So just amazing stuff here. Just give you some more, some more visuals, you know. <clears throat> so speaking about uh, the temple, the ark, the smoke, the thundering, the lightning, um, let's take a look. Let's let's review Revelation 11 again. Um, let's start. Uh, here we go. So this reminds me of what we just read in Exodus about when the sound of the shofar spoke and Moshe came up into Elohim. Oh, let's start here. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from Elohim entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, which we heard earlier was speaking to him, as it were, a trumpet speaking, right? Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. At the same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of, slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave, gave glory to the Elohim of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were voices, here we go, this is what we saw earlier, and there were voices in heaven, there were voices in thundering and, and lightning. Great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Adonai, and of, or of our Yahuwah, and of his Mashiach. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before Elohim on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped Elohim, saying, We give thee thanks, O Yahuwah Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, 
and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Now listen. And the temple of Elohim was opened in heaven. This is kind of what we're paralleling here, right? And this is uh, Revelation 15, 5. And after that, I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of Elohim was opened in heaven. So this is the same scene here. The temple of Elohim was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings, and voices, and thunderings, and an earthquake, and great hail. So there's another passage where this happened. Um, well, actually, what I meant to say earlier is the start of this is there was given unto me a reed like a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of Elohim and the altar and them that worship therein. Take a look at this. This is Enoch chapter 61. I thought we already read 61. Oh, yeah, we read. Okay, later. I saw in those days how long cords, right? So this is the... This is the the reed like a rod. Long cords were given to the angels, and they took themselves wings and flew, and they went towards the north. And I asked the angel, saying unto him, Why have those angels taken cords and gone off? And he said, Why? They have gone to measure, right? Rise and measure the temple of Elohim. The angel who went with me said unto me, These shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous, that they may say themselves on the name of Yahuwah Sebaot forever and ever, and the elect shall begin to dwell with the elect, and those are the measures which be give, shall be given to the faith, and which shall strengthen the righteous. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth, and those who have been destroyed by the desert, and those who have been devoured by the beasts, and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea, that they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one, for none shall be destroyed before Yahuwah Sebaot, and none can destroy. This is where we read the rest of it earlier. And uh, let's see. So we read this earlier. I'm not going to read it again, but we read this earlier. Um, this is the this is the letter to the Church of Philadelphia. It says that he that overcomes will I make a pillar and the temple of my Elohim. So what are we talking about here? Again, we read in Revelation 15, 15, that the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. We read that it was also opened in Revelation chapter 11. And we read here in Revelation chapter 3, that him that overcomes will be a pillar in the temple of Elohim, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my Elohim, and the name of the city of my Elohim, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven for my Elohim, and write upon him my new name. Why? Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Right? They stood fast. So it says, I will make him a pillar. Let's take a look at this uh, Greek word here, st uh, stilos. And it was used four times. And it could be talked about as a pillar, a column, pillars of fire, flames, uh, flames rising like pillars, a prop or support. So we also, um, we see here in Revelation 10, this is a vision of Yahushua. It says his face was it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire, right? So like blazing fire. Remember we read, for those of you that were with us earlier, we read in Enoch that um, we connected the uh, the vision of Enoch with the, the house of crystal mingled with fire. And we also saw in Enoch that the righteous ones will be as a flame. Uh, so and it says here that I'll make him a pillar and this word pillar was also used as a like a pillar of fire. Uh, so pretty interesting, right? Interesting stuff. Now, when you think of a pillar, you think of something stable, something that's stiff, something that is unmovable. 
And uh, with that, we're going to close tonight, uh, other than some announcements, we're going to close tonight with this passage, which quite frankly is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. And this just this further <clears throat> this further explains who the 144,000 and the great multitude are, what separated them from the rest of the people, why they were honored above the rest, why they were taken out uh, of tribulation, why they were glorified, uh, why they are in the throne room scene, why they sing the song of Moshe, why uh, they sing the song of the Lamb, why they become kings and priests, and why they reign on the earth. And um, I think this really encapsulates the whole thing. This Really, this is an encapsulate, encapsulate the whole study tonight. In 2 Ezra, chapter 2, verses 33 through 47. Those of you that have uh, watched this channel for any great length of time, this is probably your 30th or 40th time listening to this. That might be a small exaggeration, but we read this a lot. I, Ezra. And if you're new by chance, 2 Ezra is also known as 4th Ezra. This was included in the 1611 KJV, uh, the, the 1599 Geneva, and many other uh, canons. Um, it was only taken out of the canon uh, in the mid-1800s, so um, for thousands of years, or for at least centuries, this was considered Scripture, um, which I consider it Scripture, but if you're new, that's that's where this, this, this comes from. I, Ezra, received a command from Yahuwah on Mount Horeb, which is also Mount Sinai, to go to Israel. When I came to them, they rejected me and refused Yahuwah's commandment. Therefore, I say to you, O nations that hear and understand, await your shepherd. And by the way, this is this right here is literally the parable of the vineyard, or at least the parable of the wicked tenants in the vineyard, because the vineyard was given to Israel, and uh, they decided not to bring forth fruits in their due season, which is the keeping of his ways, the keeping of his Torah. Uh, he gave the vineyard to another nation. That's the whole reason why I named this channel. So the, whole, the, the story goes, you know, we've got the vineyard now per se. What are we doing with it? Are we bringing forth the fruits, or are we being wicked in our hearts uh, like our forefathers were? Await your shepherd, he will give you everlasting rest, because he who will come at the end of the age is close at hand. Be ready for the rewards of the kingdom, because the eternal light will shine upon you forevermore. Flee from the shadow of this age, receive the joy of your glory. I publicly call on my Savior to witness. Receive what Yahuwah has entrusted to you, and be joyful, giving thanks to him who has called you to heavenly kingdoms. Rise and stand and see at the feast of Yahuwah the numbers of the number of those who have been sealed, those who have departed from the shadow of the darkness of this age and have received glorious garments of Yahuwah. Take again your full number, O Zion. We read earlier in Enoch just a second ago the those those ropes were measured uh, to take in the measure of um, the number of his people. Uh, take again your, your full number, O Zion, and conclude the list of your people who are clothed in white, who what? Who have fulfilled the Torah, the law of Yahuwah. The number of your children whom you desired is full. Beseech Yahuwah's power that your people who have been called from the beginning may be made holy. I, Ezra, saw on Mount Zion a great multitude which I could not number. So now you've got the 144,000 and the great multitude. And they were all praising Yahuwah with songs. That's one of the big points of tonight is song, praising Yahuwah with song. In their midst was a young man of great stature, taller than any of the others. And on the head of each of them, he placed a crown, but he was more exalted than they. And I was held spellbound. Then I asked the angel, who are these, my Lord? He answered and said to me, These are they who have put off the mortal clothing and have put on the immortal, and they have confessed 
the name of Elohim. Now are they being crowned and receive palms. Then I said to the angel, Who is that young man who places crowns on them and puts palms in their hands? He answered and said to me, He is the son of Elohim, whom they confess in the world. So I began to praise those who had stood valiantly for the name of Yahuwah. They are pillars. They are unshakable. Nothing could take them away from keeping Yahuwah's commandments and keeping his Torah. So, I ask you, is this something that you desire? Is this something that you want in your heart to be, um, to be part of all this? You know, I was just sitting, I was sitting around talking to a brother the other night, and um, this is this is what we, what we should be striving for to be part of this assembly, to be part of that throne room scene, to sing that song, to stand on the sea of glass, to have the guitars of Yahuwah in your hand. I wonder what that would like. I wonder what that would sound like. Anyways. What a blessing to be alive in these last days, brothers and sisters. Let's go over a couple announcements. Um, so first of all, Torah portion is right after this. Uh, give me like 10, 15 minutes. And we're starting the cycle all over again. So we're at uh, Genesis 1. Um, the first Torah portion is Genesis 1 through 6. Totally not fair because... Um, <clears throat> There's so much to cover and all that. So we're going to break it up in two parts. We're going to do part one tonight, which will be chapters one through three. And then probably Monday night, maybe 830 Central, we'll do uh, chapters four through uh, six, verse eight. And um, we will be, um, for those of you that know about the Word the word audio project, um, uh, I will be playing those uh, as our reading Um if you don't know about it, uh, we're, we're doing a dramatized reading of the scriptures, and um, which actually I might give you guys a sample here. Well, well, we'll do it in the tour portion. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be listening to those, so that'll be kind of fun. And um, so that's that. Yeah. Um, so we talked about singing for Elohim. You you musicians out there, so step it up, step up. Um, the harvest is plenteous in general. And Passover is coming quickly, and I feel like I, I feel like I um, I feel like y'all wanted me to say this. Um, you know, get to your assignments. We each have a different assignment, and it, the assignments could vary so greatly. I could sit here and talk about an hour about different things that we all could be doing, but I have a feeling that some of you are probably seeking Yahuwah on this, and He's probably revealing it to you. And if you haven't sought Him, um, and you don't feel like you're doing anything for the kingdom, but you want to or feel like it's time, um, seek him. And if you're not getting an answer, pray fast and seek him. And I really believe that he will answer you. Um, it could seem like the smallest thing, but it could end up being the biggest thing. Let me tell you, let me share something with you, brothers and sisters. I want to I give you some encouragement. Uh, I'm going to give you a pep talk here to get out of your comfort zone and do this. Because I can tell you something. Um, we need to get out of our comfort zones sometimes. This is James chapter 5, and I want to encourage you for a second because every one of you should have the, the word of Yahuwah and the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach in your heart. You should be able to relate matters to people, at least to, at least to explain to them what he's done for you and, and just to be able to portray the, the glory that he's done for you. So James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. <clears throat> Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, from 
the Torah from keeping his commandments, right? And one, convert him. Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That's one person. That's one soul. And that could be everything. Your life mission could be um, bringing one person back to the truth. And would that be worth it? Would that be worth an entire lifetime of work? Yeah, I think so. I really do. Um, oh, also, um, here, a couple of things. Um, par- www.parableofthevineyard.com slash calendar. Um, we'll, I'm going to be updating these, but a lot of you have asked me what calendar I'm on. And so we'll, uh, we'll update, update these as we go along. And uh, leading up to Passover. Passover is coming up quickly, brothers and sisters. It could be an interesting Passover. It really could be with everything that's going on. Uh, a lot of you know, some of you, uh, there's a lot of you moving to this area, southwest Missouri, this, the greater, the Ozarks, uh, if you will. Uh, we just started a local fellowship. Uh, we've had two meetings so far. The first one was the baptism, uh, and the second one was uh, last week. And let me tell you something, it's been absolutely amazing. Um just seeing you, meeting you in person is absolutely amazing. So if you're being called to come out of the cities and you don't know where to go, hey, come to the Ozarks. It's a great place to live, great place to raise family. Land is pretty inexpensive. Housing is pretty expensive. There's a lot of uh, employment around here, uh, especially if you don't mind a 30 to 45-minute commute. Uh, you can like live in the country and commute to the you know cities or a lot of people have stayed, you know. Anyway, I'm, I'm just saying this is a great place. And so we're doing... Um, we're doing weekly gatherings uh, here in Ozark, Missouri, uh, and we're doing a bi-weekly for now. We'll, we will eventually move it to uh, weekly, but these are the gatherings. So if you wanted to um, check out more on this, it's www.parableofthevineyard.com uh, slash Sabbath hyphen or dash gatherings. And I'll put that in the chat, actually. So if you guys want to get some more information on that, but we'd love to have you there. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, the only other announcement is I said this earlier, uh, brother Drake Grant and I are working on some music and I've asked for your prayers and blessing on that because it's in my heart deeply, um, to try to make some joyful noise to him. So I'm praying that Yahweh uh, gives me some skill on the guitar and Jake is very talented with his singing. So, um, he's just kind of waiting on me to, to get right. (laughs) But it's been fun. It's been fun. We've been uh, we've got a couple songs we're we're tossing around right now. So uh, look for that. Uh, the Word Audio Project. Um, if you haven't seen that, it's. Uh, I'll show you one last thing. We'll and we'll uh, we'll finish her up tonight. Uh, hang on. Okay, so if you go to the homepage of Parable of the Vineyard, you can go to the recommended channel lists. The second one it says the Word. You'll see we've got a few samples. Genesis should be out uh, by the end of this month. And uh, But again, for those of you that want to join me for the tour portion, we will be listening to at least chapters 1 through 3 tonight if you want to get a taste of it. And uh, so basically what this is is a uh, fully studio-produced audio dramatization of uh, basically the Sefer. Uh, all the books that are included in the Sefer and some extra ones too. We'll be doing like the, the 12 patriarchs and... Um, a few more books out even even outside of the Sefer but you know we'll be doing books uh, like uh, Enoch and Jasher and Jubilees and two Esdras and two Baruch and 
uh, so many others. So um, we're doing a book by book, and we'll we're uh, we're excited about this project. So praise y'all for that. Um, aside from that, um, I think that's it. So let's uh, let's pray, and um, let's do the priestly blessing, and we'll finish tonight. So. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, we just come before you, and we just thank you for being with us tonight. As your as your word says, where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of us. And we just thank you so much, in this, even in this late hour, that we can assemble, even if it be online. We pray that this is a, even if this is a feeble attempt at, uh, at gathering, uh, but we just we bless you and praise you for the ability to do this, and um, we pray that gathering together like this is a sweet savor uh, in your eyes, and we just, we thank you so much for pouring out your wisdom, you're pouring out your doctrine, uh, which as your word says, comes down as rain upon the tender herb. We pray that you continue to rain upon us, that we may grow thereby, and we may bring forth the fruit that you've always desired from man, which is obedience unto your ways, and we just ask you to strengthen our hearts, uh, to strengthen our walk, that we don't deviate to the left or to the right, and uh, that you help us along this way, and give us understanding that we may keep your righteous rules and your righteous judgments. We love you, we bless you, and we are patiently waiting for you, and patiently watching for the return of Messiah Husha, uh, which we just absolutely adore. We love you, and we bless you, and send you a multitude of hallelujahs. Uh, amen and amen. Yevarechecha, Yahuwah, Yahuwah, Vichuneka Yesa Yahua Panabelecha Vyasem Lecha Shalom Yahua bless you and keep you. Yahua make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahua lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, give you peace. Uh, brothers and sisters, love you very much, and uh, may Yahweh be glorified and magnified forever. And um, we'll uh, Shabbat Shalom to you. We'll see you in the Torah portions here in a few minutes. All right, Shalom. <laughs>